Ladies and gents, welcome to Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments, brought to you by Funk27, Discontent Providers and Global Butterflies, bringing trans and non-binary awareness to the business community. Go to globalbutterflies.com. Ladies and gents, welcome to episode 231. I think we're on of Aid Thompson and other disappointments. If it's your first time listening, this is your twice, sometimes thrice weekly delve into the worlds of news, politics, dystopia, and all things awful. Uh, if you came here looking for a good time, for someone to uplift you, uh, you're in the wrong place. Uh, this is very much like a sort of uh, a downbeat, depressive comedy club where, you know, it's not so much like jokey jokes. It's not like knock-knock jokes that make you laugh, that elicit actual joy. It's more gallows humour. We're all in this together. Let's depress each other. Sit back and drink with me. Um, tonight, I'm joined by a very special guest. He's a returning favourite. Uh, and in true disappointment spirit... Um, uh, you know, I, I I had my pick of the bunch, guys. I thought I could bring somebody along to the show tonight that's going to uplift my audience. Um, I decided, no, let's let's go on brand with this. Let's choose a guy. Let's get a guy back on whose business has failed. His wife has left him. Please welcome to the show, John left of the countryside. Woo! <laughs> Hello. That's the same intro as London. I thought you were going to go fiercer. I was so expecting fiercer. Do you know what? I, I, was, I had it in my head. I would rewrite something or like write something afresh. Um, but then my kids have been like full on today. So like when I messaged you earlier, I was like, do you mind if I introduce you really brutally? Like, uh, and then I just got swallowed up with dad stuff. So, oh, okay. I thought you were yeah. going to say, I thought the kids are wonderful and I don't want to be mean to somebody, but actually what you meant was just run out of time. It's no. going to be really sit fucked up, but I, I ran out of time. I am the only person in the world for whom fatherhood has actually made me meaner. I think, you know, more people. I like, get that. You, usually... Normally, normally it's more boring. I've noticed with my friends, <laughs> not you, but other people. are like, yeah, it's like I was saying to my kid the other day. What the fuck? We're talking about foreign policy. You fucking mm. idiot! Stop shoehorning yeah. your kids in. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, when they become parents, uh, the curtain comes up and they see how loving and wonderful life actually could be. And that is not me at all. I'm almost the polar opposite of that, where I get very selfish with my time. Yeah, uh, no, that's normal. <laughs> and my that's money. Normal. I'm like, why well, I'm always broken. I can never, I never have time to do anything. And then that manifests as just like all round, you know, snipiness, I think. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah. At least there's an honesty there. Yeah, there I is. I like it. I like the honesty. Anyway, how are you, man? It's been a while since you've been on. I'm good. Um, I can't remember. I think I'd started this job when I last spoke to you. Yeah, yeah. So it's like crazy because people keep building shitty buildings. Yeah. So the company I work for have to keep fixing this shitty building. Well, that's all right, though. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah, it's great. I don't mind. Keep in, building them. In this economy, you think, like, the first thing that you don't want to wind down is, like, buildings, construction, because that's where it all starts to go wrong, right? Oh, yeah. This is... All these that we're doing at the moment for, like, from, like, Blair's legacy. So Cameron's will be... not Yeah, Cameron's next, and then it'll be um, fucking this bunch of bellends will fix all their shit as well, so... Well, it could be 
Cameron's second legacy soon-ish, couldn't he? Like, yeah, yeah, could be. I, I was thinking how messed up it would be. So here we've got a guy who's been propelled into the House of Lords, or seemingly just so that then he can come into Cabinet through the back door. Yeah, definitely. Which has not not happened before. I think Zach Goldsmith, uh, they, they worked out something very similar for... Uh, but I was thinking, like, is it possible constitutionally for somebody to come into cabinet through the back door and then say Sunak steps down and then Cameron becomes I... caretaker private? Like, could that happen? Well, somebody mentioned, I think, uh, well, it was mentioned the other day that that's what they're doing. They're getting, like, I think a lot of conspiracy surrounding the Tories and, like, uh, strategy can just be explained as, no, no. They're really that thick. Right. Like, there's so many times where you go, this is either a massive, very con clever conspiracy or someone's fucking stupid. And normally the answer is they're fucking stupid. Because the, they were saying the other day that because uh, Cameron was pro-Brexit, uh, I'm uh, sorry, anti-Brexit, Sunak's last throw of the dice is going to be, do you know what? You're right. Brexit is shit. But that's never going to happen. That's, that's mad. That's well. mad. This is what I was saying on Twitter, like last last week or earlier this week. I was like, they're so far behind in the polls now, and they're obviously so desperate um, nah. that it's. I wouldn't rule it out that if you know a last roll of the dice for them actually could be, especially now that you've got Hunt. They've got Cameron, more rolls Sunak. left. They've got. I'm really surprised we haven't seen a desperate mortgage go. But like, I'm thinking. Hundred percent, get like you know, you know, you know, uh, we'll buy any old car. Yeah, in bullshit. It, I kind of like that, or you can buy any car, whatever it's called. You know, where you kind of turn up and they go, yeah, of course you're gonna have an eighteen-year-old Fiesta for a, yeah that's marked as two thousand pounds and pay nine thousand pounds on um higher purchase. Yeah, that's fine. And I just could, I, I, I think, well. Boris was definitely manoeuvring himself into a position to go 100% mortgage, mm. any old bullshit credit rating, of course you can get a mortgage. But now I think that the interest rate is basically at that level already. <laughs> so you right. can't do it. Like when it was 2%, you could have gone, you can have a house for 7%. Now there's normal people who have gone, why the fuck is my house 7%? Yeah. I saw um, I saw a tweet I don't, well, are they still called tweets? Who knows anymore? Zeets, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I saw a, a post on Twitter yesterday uh, from that Fesshole account where people anonymously oh, yeah. confess things and then it posts their confessions anonymously. Uh, and it was from somebody, obviously, from you know a generation or two above us. It said, uh, uh, I bought my house in London for £30,000 in like 1970 something or whatever it was. And it said, I've just sold it yesterday for 3.5 million. It said, uh, I've, I'm retired now and I feel like such a fraud. <laughs> and I'm like Amazing. reading this going, ah, so it's, it's infuriating, isn't it? It's like nobody, I mean, this is one of my favorite mental exercises to do when I think about the housing crisis and I feel like I'm not angry enough is I think back to the house that my mum bought for us, a single mother, PA with two kids, managed to buy a semi-detached three-bed house with a garden and a driveway in Maidenhead on a 100% mortgage in 1994. That's, like, who who would be able to afford that house now? I looked on Rightmove. It's it's valued at, like, 450, 500 grand. 
Love it. I like it when the boomers who go who don't get it have gone. I put hard work into living in that house. Mm. Huh? What? Yeah. And when we moved in, the mortgage was insane. It was eight p. Yeah. What? Well, it's the the complete uh, lack of respect for the maths involved that gets me when they say, "Well, you know." You you lot complaining about your five percent interest rates, your six point five percent interest rate. Let me tell you yeah. something, John. Yeah, when I was a lad, <laughs> when I first bought my place with with your mother here, John, weren't uncommon 20%. to have interest rates of yeah eleven percent, fifteen percent. It's like of of what though? Got, <laughs> uh, how much was the house? Uh, but yeah. then uh, the other thing, sort of carrying on from that, I've been sat there once. So it's my in-laws. They were explained. They were like, yeah, we bought the house. They were doing that lecture. Oh, and then you know. Black, uh, was it called Black Monday or whatever it's called when it all went to shit? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and the interest rate flew. Oh, was, you know, shitting ourselves and blah, 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 blah. We bought the house for 12 grand and da, 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 da. And we barely paying the mortgages. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, that's rough. Oh, that's rough. And then this little bit in the back of your brain goes, there's something you're missing. And you're like, yeah. No, no, I get what you mean. Yeah. And, and your brain's going, still missing it. And you're like, yeah, no, no. Yeah. When did you? So, you, but you, you obviously paid it off now. Yeah, paid it off a couple of years ago. It was yeah. 12 grand. What the, what the fuck? How did it take 25 years to pay off 12 grand? Yeah. On on the new interest rate of 2%. But they, they always try and balance it out like, you know, well, people earned less in them days, didn't they, Aid? People were, you know, salaries now, salaries now, Aid, you know, they've gone up a lot like since, since back in the day when I was on like 12 guineas and two shillings a year and I bought this house. Up. It's like, no, if you look at it... 25 times the salary. Yeah, it's like a crocodile's mouth on a graph. It's like the salaries have gone up here a little bit and then the house prices are like... I mean, it's inarguable. If you look at the actual houses that our parents bought... They're in line with inflation because a lot of the other argument for boomers is, well, it's inflation. No, it isn't. Yeah, no, no, it is. No, it isn't. Inflation was like 1.3%. Mm. Uh, don't think so. You don't have to think about it. Google it. <laughs> I'm not making it up. Check. Yeah. Wages are in line with inflation. Your house is inexplicably yeah. worth 20 times what it was when you bought it. And it's worth mentioning as well that uh, it, I think it was about 10 or 15 years ago, they decoupled house prices and rents from yeah. official inflation figures so when they say oh it's inflation not only is it vastly disparate from the rate that inflation goes up versus house prices but they're not even measured together so it's it's academically not inflation either i can't believe this i paid 10 grand for my house it's now worth five hundred thousand pounds and i read the other day oh they're expecting me to pay for my own care yeah yeah yeah, you you wait. You wait till the fuckers who are spending £800 a week for a box in a shed get to the point where they're deciding where, who's paying for your care. Because I reckon, I reckon they're going to come up with a very subtle solution. Yeah. You're fucking paying for it. All of it. Get my, fucked will be the answer. My old man's already been on my case uh, once. He's just like, you know, if, 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 I, if I sort of take a downward turn and... If things get a bit tricky, like, have you got a sort of like a, a granddad, like annex or something that I could come? Fuck off. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I mean, I've got this cabin, but it's not insulated. I mean, it's it's sort of insulated. I've got a little electric heater here, but it is not suitable for somebody to live in. I'm like, we're already bursting at the seams. No illusion. I've told them both inexplicably 
you ain't moving in. Like, that's the end of it. Yeah. Uh, nope. I quite like you at the moment, but after I've washed your genitals a few times, I reckon that that will wear off. <laughs> the novelty and of washing I... your dad's bell end probably wears off. Yeah, yeah. And I'm crap. Sorry, you're a brilliant person. If you're watching this, you're listening or whatever, you're a, fan, you're a better person than me. I once killed a hamster when I was seven by giving it a bath in the sink and then leaving it to have some privacy, whereupon it drowned. I am not someone who should be looking after anyone's parents, particularly my own. Yeah, people who professional, professionally skilled should be doing that. Yeah, and you can have all the inheritance of mine you want. I don't care. That's the key thing, isn't it? Is like, and I already know how this will be reported in the likes of the Telegraph and the Express. It'll be like Generation X, incredibly selfish, avocados, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I do feel like there's a case to be made that the generation who have benefited so ferociously well from a lack of house building uh, and crushing the generations beneath them. If you've made 300 grand, 500 grand, or like this guy was saying, three bloody million off your London house, then I'm so like, you've got the cash there. I don't have the I've already got like most people will be working two or three jobs by that point. They won't be able to call in sick to come and look after like they can't call proxy sick because their dad is sick. So I can't can't come into any of my three jobs today that I need to pay my rent because I'm looking after my dad. It's just a non-starter. Number three in chat has said, I'm a baby boomer. I'm now living rent-free in Bristol with a decent pension. I even got a £500 donation from the DWP recently, presumably because my pensioner, 68. Boom. And then they said, sorry. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not a generational thing. I, I, I would never wish to present my this as a uh, ageist no, no, thing. No, it's a... It's a particular thing. You're not a baby boomer just because boomer does not mean that you were born between X. It doesn't mean that. My my dad is one of them, and he calls himself a member of the worst generation that's ever been born. Mm. Like he is quite happy to go. We just went fuck you. Like mm. and his accountant rang him a little while ago and said, "Do you keep you know your investment kind of stuff that you've got going for when you retire?" He went, "Yeah." He said, "You've got it in this, this, and this." And my dad went, "Yeah." He said, you could just buy two terraces in Nottingham and then just rent them out mm. to like students and stuff. And my dad went, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't. And he went, oh, how come? And he went, oh, I'm, I'm not a fucking arsehole. <laughs> like, that's the end of it. See, the thing is, I don't, I, I wouldn't even necessarily judge people who do do that because they are. Uh, he just couldn't stomach it. The yeah. idea of doing it. He just couldn't live with himself. And, and I think that's a really respectable stance to take. However, I look at it like wholesale. If you are 10,000 pensioners, 50,000 pensioners, and you need to find a way of generating an income that's going to support you in those like autumn and winter years, uh, why would you not buy a flat when the alternative is that what you buy bonds or hope that your pension is invested in bonds, but the yield on well... the bond is just nothing compared to a buy-to-let rate? Yeah. No, it's nothing. I mean, you get you can get five percent on a decent ISA now, can't you? At the moment, yeah. Um, which is what my mum does, and um, she's got like I don't know, like seven different ones in different schemes and stuff that get moved around and all sorts. Of shit. But the other thing is, relative to my grandparents who died before they were my dad's age, mm. I'd have this live like living a life of luxury. I remember my grandma like. Right, put another bit of coal on. Wait, I don't know. When's my pension? You know, and yeah. like, 
oh, luxury, three chips and a sausage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's not really like that now. My dad's like go to France a couple of times a year and I go into Spain for a laugh. Um, yeah, I don't mind Nan going any further than the end of the bus route. So no. <laughs> I don't think it's the same thing. Yeah, my Nan was broke as. Uh, my gran, I think, had a little bit of money, but then it's like one of these tragic pensioner tales where I think she lost it in a bad investment or something, some sort of hooky yeah. thing. I'll have to ask my mum. But yeah, typically, like, I think most pensioners are just broke, aren't they? Like, if you live off the state pension now, you're broke. There's no way that you're <laughs> no. making it rain in the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Might do, in the bowls club. Yeah. So you don't think anyway, sorry to go back to the uh, to the actual like domestic parliamentary politics here. Um so you don't think they would roll the dice with uh a last no, minute like never making a play for it. They I mean he is it is difficult to say this. He is more hated than Rishi Sunak, which is really saying something. Incredible. Even Gammon were annoyed. Gammon would prefer a black guy to David Cameron. That must have been a real confusion in the head you're like oh god i don't like him because he's brown but you david cameron fucking yeah. hell like, yeah yeah he is sort you of fucker. When, when he first sort of emerged from the car and he went into number 10 there was uh i can't remember who the journalist was now that observed this but they said um you know people are looking at him like it's oh it's daddy's home you know you've got this <laughs> statesman has rejoined government uh and they were like, you know, people need to remember that this guy is hated by the Remain side for just yeah. losing the referendum and then swanning off and hated by the Brexiters for being a Remainer. So he's got very few friends <laughs> across that Brexity yeah, divide. I was thinking anyone who's even changed their mind, if you're a bit gammony and you were like, get rid of the bloody foreigners, right? And then mm. that went wrong. Now, but you still don't like Cameron, even though... You're kind of like, oh, I left because I, I believe the other I fucking hate him. Like, there's no no yeah. one left to like David Cameron. Everyone fucking hates him. Yeah. Someone said to me the other day, do you think Labour are going to bring um, Blair back? Oh, no, it's not Superman. We're not going to have to, like, go and get Lex Luthor because yeah. it's, it does not how it works. We don't want fucking Tony Blair, who looks like a weird budget Richard Branson now. Yeah. He's like, um, what I would have done, Tony, 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 no one fucking likes you. <laughs> No one. Well, the thing about Cameron is Cameron is nowhere near as internationally revered as Tony Blair is or was. Uh, now, look, we could have a conversation no. all day about Blair's mistakes in office. Absolutely. But they were vast. the fact is that geopolitically, his involvement in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, clearly a lot of problems there. I'm sure there's a lot of regret there as well. House but, market. I mean, the housing market is Blair. Doubling yeah. down on Thatcher's bullshit. But also Good Friday um, Agreement. Like, these are geopolitical moves. I know. But the thing is, anyone with a... Like, the thing is, because we do politics all the time. I'm mm. like, but I know. See, it really... I don't like John Major, but John Major is um, the Good Friday Agreement. We can all fuck about. It was definitely signed under Blair. But mm. It wouldn't have even existed. Without John Major, it doesn't happen. Um, and without Mo Molum. And, yeah, anyway, he's a fuckhead. Have you been watching... Um, it's, it's, you can't stop watching it. The COVID inquiry. Not really, actually. I've been, I mean, I've watching been watching Mac Wanksop. Now, I've been snarkily tweeting about like uh, people who appear there, like Rob and Hancock and so on. But I, I caught one clip of Hancock, uh, I think yesterday, or maybe it was this morning, 
uh, where he answers a question. He says that he's got the stuff documented, and then the the king's council yeah. challenges him, and he just falls to pieces <laughs> immediately. Yeah, with like, yeah, it's in your book, page four, five, six, and he's like, oh yeah, I think so. But it isn't. Yeah, because it's not there at all. But you said everything in this book is backed up by emails and hard data, and yeah, he's like, yeah, but there isn't any, is there? I can't find it at the moment. You are a knob. <laughs> you are such a, a like, knob. I feel like every drama or every comedy needs a sort of sad sack character. Do you know what I mean? They need a sort of hapless no. sack of shit that people just go, oh, what? at least I'm not that guy. Well, and yeah, it's the him. funny weirdest thing about Cameron, it's like he went, like his mum and his dad kind of got all his school reports and it just kind of says maths, dickhead. Hang on, wait, English, wait, wait. Dickhead. Hancock or Cameron are we talking about now? Hancock, sorry. Oh, right, oh, okay. Hancock. Yeah. And they get when all they did was said, look, if, what if we teach him a new word every day? Right? He can be thick as fuck, but yeah. he can repeat words, can't he? Mm. And they go, well, that, will that make him any clever? No, but will anyone notice? Only under scrutiny, and hopefully I'll never get scrutinized. And because everything you want to answer about, he got called, oh, I'm going to do it, it's YouTube. Sorry, YouTube. He got called a thick cunt, didn't he? In that there was one of the other witnesses, they said, they were referring to him and said something, something, something. As long as I don't have to deal with that health secretary, he's a thick cunt. Yeah. And the guy and the bloke doing the questioning, the, the he had to say it, which made it ten times funnier. And everything can be explained by those two words with camera, with them um, fucking hell, with Hancock. You look yeah. at it and you go, either you know, he's a great conspiracy he's trying to kill old people and do this and do that. Or, Maybe it's just really stupid. Oh, it is. That's all it is. I think it's sort of, um, and I'm, I'm going to sort of have to reference an unfinished project here a little bit. But like, so I started writing this, uh, this, it's not really an autobiography, but it's like stories from my youth for like times that me and friends all got pissed and uh, funny stuff happened. Uh, and what, but like the beginning of it is like talking about growing up in a council estate like with just my mum but my mum was really well read and she had like elocution lessons and so me and my brother were sort of raised to speak reasonably well we sort of inherited that from her but then I always felt like I'm academically not actually that great so I classed myself as a kind of articulate idiot so like I can right. I'm nowhere near as smart as people assume I am just by the way that I speak basically. You, uh, no you're a lot clever yeah that's, yeah I'm gonna but do no, you see what I, no. I'm and I feel like yeah, I Matt Hancock that. is my boy in that <laughs> in that class I feel like he communicates reasonably well but does. that doesn't people mean he's a smart them. guy no he's an idiot it's yeah. like he's a like I even don't want to say this, but um, Dominic, I've even got his name. Rob. He's the spin doctor. Oh, no. uh, Cummings. Cummings. Yeah. Right. Out of everyone I fucking hate, everybody has got their own like politically hate. I can't hate him, right? Because I think he was in a pub mm. talking about how good he was at marketing and had social media marketing and stuff. Yeah. And he went, Do you know what? I think I can make anybody or anything prime minister of this country. Like pissed. He's done like eight shots of tequila and had a sours and an aftershock. And he's gone, I can make I can make look at that beer mat. I could get that as prime minister. And they went, All right. Ten pound H and V voucher. Go on, name them. And they went, <laughs> Boris Johnson. And he went, I'll fucking do it. And he yeah. did it. <laughs> because he is. Uh, you can if anybody goes, oh, Dominic Cummings is thick, or like Dominic Cummings is this, you're like, he made people vote for that. Mm. On the premise, we know factually that he told Boris Johnson many, many times things like, 
don't answer questions on the fly. You're mm. a fucking idiot. I mm. literally said it to him, like, you're stupid, so don't do it. <laughs> yeah. If this happens, don't do that. Yeah. But literally, Boris Johnson was a character that people fell for, and people are going, oh, no, he appears stupid. That's the game. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's literally Cummings going, put your tie out, fuck your hair up, like, yeah. and gone, don't answer that. Whatever she says, just say some fluff about uh, it's what the, uh, the, 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 the the country wants and it's what we want. And then they just go along with it. Yeah. I mean, I assumed that this is just something that they get taught when they go to Eton or Winchester or wherever it is, or, or even like when they arrive at CCHQ and they're, they're briefed on how to be a Tory leadership candidate or, or whatever, that they're told how to dodge questions in about eight to ten different ways. He had a very... but but. You can actually watch, you can see remnants of Dominic Cummings' teachings in Boris Johnson now. He still does them. Really? He still will falter. He'll still fall back. He still won't answer questions on the fly. He believed Dominic Cummings so much, he hid in a fucking fridge. Mm. If you don't think that Dominic Cummings is a genius of doing of marketing, he was told, Boris told Boris Johnson, do not answer questions on live TV that mm. you don't know, that you don't know the questions. They tried to do it. He knew what he'd been told to do, not answer the questions. There was nowhere to go. So he got in a fucking fridge. That is how much he believed it. Like he was like, oh no. Oh yeah, fuck, I'm an idiot. I remember, Whoa. I remember the I remember that guy saying, You're a ballad, don't speak. Yeah. Oh, where's there's nowhere to go? Oh, go in a fridge. Like, fuck's sake. He did a thing, you know, the famous there's a great bit where he fucks up his own line. I've explained it ten thousand times, but I'll do it again. He's good doing the one-to-one interview in the last general election. Mm. And they're like, we're doing like a casual at-home chat. You're on the sofa yeah. and we're going to ask you some questions. And he'd been pre, been prepped for the questions, which is fine. We all know that to be true. He was asked, And all he was asked was, so, uh, Mr. Johnson, do you have any hobbies? He'd been given the answer. Dominic had given him the answer. The answer was making buses. But, which was bollocks, because no one does that, because he's fucking insane. But Boris forgot and gave him the real answer, and then he had to backtrack. But a load of people don't see it. So he goes, I like to uh, paint. That's the truth. That is true. And then they go, then he goes, Oh, uh, paint what? And he goes, um, buses. <laughs> oh, you paint buses. Now, anybody who'd heard the words, I paint buses, you would think, Oh, you paint pictures of buses. Yeah. Johnson then has to keep going. You can see Dominic off camera going, You fucking idiot. Yeah. And he goes, um, uh, I no, I make them out of um, wine boxes. Of course you fucking don't. No one does. Yeah. No one on the planet who does that, you mental fuck. Five of them would fill a room, you bellend. <laughs> I assumed, because I saw a bit of that interview, and I'm sure that if it's not that interview, it's another one where they ask him what he does in his spare time, and he literally gestures like, they, like getting smashed. Mm. Uh, and then I thought that he reverse ferreted out of that answer and then said that he painted buses. He does the painting, but he does the but the paint the painting is the answer because we know he actually does paint watercolors. They're fairly shit, and he does yeah. do them. But the other, he forgets he's supposed to make buses because he has to say buses to change the Google algorithm. So oh. if you type Boris buses, it, it comes up. Yeah. Boris paints fucking makes buses out of wine boxes. That's that right. That was the entire thing to stop the Boris bus with the fucking NHS on the side. How clever is it that, that Dominic Cummings sees the fucking question and goes, fuck me, we can change the Google algorithm. Yeah. And he goes, oh, can we? I was using we 
largely talk about me, you big sack of shit. Just <laughs> listen. I'm going to tell you the answer. Yeah. He can't remember. They asked him what his favourite shampoo was once. On, and it was a real question. And he went, um, ah, uh, ah, um, yeah. uh, it's the, the normal. blue one. It's the questions <laughs> about normality that they hate, that they stumble on. It's like when they yeah. asked Ian Duncan Smith, how much is one pint of milk? And he was mm. like, oh, well, um, oh, yeah. No, well, I mean, no, I, I, I don't often uh, do, do the grocery shopping in, uh, you know, and it's it's that sort of exposure that they are so detached from the modern world that you, you're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> like it's yeah. not a complicated question. Well, <laughs> like you can ask it, but he was he, he was he told explicitly to only answer these questions like this. And I. It's an astonishing thing. I, it's an astonishing marketing ploy. Where it all mm. fell apart, there was a couple of times. The first COVID speech, we know, you know, when he does the addresses the country with the when they've got the lectern and he's doing, the, he's he's just comes up to the lectern and he's yeah, on the yeah. press. He binned his speech basically on the way to the stage. He fucks his hair up, pulls his tie because he's he's a real ragamuffin. Sure. And then he gets to the stage and he did. We know he ditched the speech because we know that because they were got all the speechwriters and his guys were going mental at the back, just going, What the fuck is he going to say? Yeah. And then they said to him, What do you think about COVID? And he said, I'm uh, no, not really uh, scared. I was, I was on an award yesterday. Uh, yeah. Oh, were you? Were you being shaking careful? I was, I was shaking hands. And yeah. they were obviously like headbutting the wall out the back, like, yeah. Oh my God. I invite doing this. Yeah. He literally ditched the speech on the way. He kind of got got up and he went, Oh fuck it. Turn it over. It's such a testament, it. isn't it? It's such a uh, like it's so damning for the level of entitlement of people like that that they just think and I think David Cameron's guilty of this as well, although I feel like he has a bit more self awareness and reflection to him. But it's this it's this, I should be prime minister. I'm just owed this. I'm just, yeah, I'll, I'll walk into number 10. I'll sit down behind my desk. And this is just where someone like me should sit. This is exactly the sort of job that I should have. There's no appreciation for the power and the responsibility that this person has now been charged with and the effects that that might have on everyone else. It's just, yeah, I, I should be PM because I'm amazing and I'll just bin the speech. Doesn't matter. I'll just wing it, you know? Fuck it. There's seven guys who've told me explicitly exactly what to say so we don't scare anybody. I got yeah. the general gist of it. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. But only only the son of a shitbag like Stanley Johnson could be Boris Johnson. Like he mm. is he is equally unaware of everything. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he pulled those red jeans on, his brains leaked out of his ears and he just was just this bumbling fuckwit who was I... Stanley. Am I right in saying that, and by all means, if anyone's in the chat, uh, correct me or, or educate me on this, but am I right in saying that Stanley Johnson and David Cameron's father, neither one of them were sort of, you know, particularly blue-blooded. They were He's uh, an MP. He was, an MP. He, was a, he was a Tory MP, Stanley. Was he? How, yeah, in the yeah, South, but like constituency level of... Devon. Right. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Uh, I'm sure he was. Um, I, I, I've got a funny feeling he was North Devon, something like that. Right. Interesting. Because I thought... He did. I thought they they just sort of accumulated yeah. a bit of wealth, sent their kids to a very expensive private European school. European Parliament, 
Oh yeah, sorry, European Parliament for yeah, he was never a he was never a, a MP MP, um, right, but right. he was European Parliament for White and Hampshire East, nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty four. Five years can't be too far from me then, Hampshire. It's uh, I bet it's nicer than the shittest town in Hampshire here. I mean, if for one, do you imagine Stanley Johnson on his deathbed gets some clarity? Just like, you know, in those like final moments where you kind of go there and you just go, oh, fuck. Like, just remembering oh, who's no, I was up. a bellend. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just remembering that Rachel's his and Boris is his. Just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Fuck it. I haven't even left anything worthwhile behind. Just yeah. like, fuck, we had a total twat. Here's, here's a question for you, a bit of a curveball, although loosely related to uh, to, to Boris Johnson. Uh, the Telegraph is up for sale, and there's right. a, like a frenzy as to who's going to buy the Telegraph. And I was thinking, like, what's the chances of... So, actually, before I get into that, right, uh, you've got the GB News guy, a guy called Paul Marshall. He's like a hedge fund billionaire. Uh, he's put in a bid. Uh, you've got Rupert Murdoch is supposedly putting in a bid, and you've got Rothermere, who owns the Daily Mail, putting in a bid. Yeah. And you've got Abu Dhabi, who are putting in a bid. So there's a lot of big money being thrown around, right? But it's a bit like, what's to stop somebody like Richard Branson? Or, you know, a sort of... I'm not saying Richard Branson is perfectly unproblematic. I'm sure he's got his he's challenges. very problematic. But... What if somebody who was a bit less of a frothing right winger put in a bid and then like could the telegraph turn sort of center center left again? Is it in the well, in the running? Basically, but they could but they can put these people like Abu Dhabi, the guy who owns GB News, the Daily Mail. It's a you can write it off as a tax loss. You can just you can bid whatever you want, can't you? They're really decided between themselves. Yeah. Who's going to fuck off? Because you can just write it off. Well, it's all about the influence, really, isn't it? It's about controlling. Exactly, but that's what I mean. You could write of, yeah. it off. You could literally write off if you put in a bid for two billion. You could just write it off. Mm. It's fine. Well, there's two things you about just that. Call it advertising. The first thing is that when you buy uh, a corporation, um, in fact, I think it's just a newspaper that's for sale. I don't think Telegraph Media Group is fully up for for grabs. Um, although I, I might be wrong. Um, but when you buy a corporation, you can actually apportion the money that you're using to buy it with to the corporation. <laughs> so it's like, right, I'm going to bid five billion for this thing over here. Oh, are you? OK, cool. Well, like, do you owe people money after you bid? The yeah, but it's OK, because I'm going to just saddle the telegraph with the debt. <laughs> and then it's the telegraph's problem. Um, I'd be five billion pounds. Um, yeah. Who's, who, who's that? That's us. Yeah. But it's like, like that's what's happened with Elon Musk. So he's put in twenty billion of his own shares that he liquidated from uh, Tesla, and then put twenty billion dollars into it. But equally, there's twenty billion that he's borrowed from other people that has then fallen onto the balance sheet of Twitter, which is why this advertising exodus is such a problem. Because come January, they're going to have to make repayments on that debt again. And if Disney and IBM and Apple, everyone's pulled the plug on their ongoing you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of average, like it's, it's a real big problem for him. But anyway, I digress. Mm. Uh, the Telegraph thing is like, yeah, they could, somebody could bid for it and then just saddle it with the debt. Um, I was going to, there was a second point there bubbling around in my brain. It's completely left me. Now you talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other brilliant news stories from the week. I do check the news. Um, stuff. There's things in the news. There's definitely things I know the in big... stuff. 
um, oh, obviously, one of my favorite. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to do something for everybody who's watching this or listening to this. Here you go. You can be the guy who tells people this fact. Right? Because it's ridiculous. I really like the Pogues. I've always been a massive fan of the Pogues. Because oh, I yeah. like drunk bands or bands on drugs. I just do. Yeah. I always have done. And Shane was the epitome of that. And this amazing lyricist and poet and damn near genius he could write stuff pissed that you couldn't write sober and you can't understand what he's even saying they're just a genius and i really really have a love affair with the post but actually don't really like fairy tale in new york but that's okay it's just because it's overplay and people who like it say they like the pogues when they just like that song it's fine. yeah but anyway in the last 24 hours uh, a thing started which was um shane his birthday was Christmas Day, the 25th of December. Let's give him what he never had in life, a number one. And yeah. I agree. Why not? Make it number one. That'd be great. And then the gammon got a hold of it, like in their head. And, they, and they've and they been saying, yeah, but not, not the shit version, the <laughs> right version with the right words. <laughs> and, and now I'm going to tell you the annoying fact you can annoy the fuck out of people with who tell yeah. you that. When they go, I was listening to Spotify the other day. And they played it, right? But it didn't have the words I wanted to shout in it. Being a homophobic and shouting slut, uh, my favourite thing. Here's the fact. This is absolutely true. The Pogues um, recorded uh, Fairytale of New York with no, no female vocal. Just shame. They played it. In a normal studio, when you're using a normal band, you record every instrument separately. They each go into the cubicle. Each go into the studio, sorry, play their bit. Yeah. And then the other one comes in, you layer it up, layer it up, layer it up like that. And then you end up with this beautiful master tape. The problem with the Pogues was that when they were in the recording studio, you couldn't do that because that took ages. And by the time it was finished, they were all shit-faced. So the first <laughs> track would be great, but the rest of it would be shit. So the only thing they could do is move the mics really But it gives us can the I, answer to this great thing. Could I just interject there that I love the idea that when you listen back to a Pogues track, like if they had recorded it in that set, like anyone listening would be like, fucking hell, like the band, the band are actually okay. Like the drummer's on point, like the bassist is okay. And then <laughs> the guitar, but by the time the vocals mad. come in, the guy's fucking hammered. Like <laughs> get a new singer. What's going on? Sorry, carry on. So the master for the fairy tale of New York is a worthless piece of shit because there's bleed over every track. So you can't separate the penny whistle from the fiddle right. or the drums from chain because there's bleed in all the mics. So the master's a piece of wank. The producer, though, of that record, who was in the studio, who had this thing, they were looking for a female vocalist and he'd got a girlfriend called Kirsty. Right. And he thought, why not give Kirsty a go singing over it? So he just heard. So they added, they knew there was going to be a female vocal, but yeah. they didn't have one. So they get the producer's girlfriend, Kirsty. She sings the female, she sings the female lead. Right. And adds it. At the same time as they're recording the female vocal, they do a take two or, you know, a take seven with radio friendly words, removing the F slur yeah. and removing the word slut. Yeah. So that it can be played on the radio. So when anybody says, oh, I don't like that version, I like that version, it's the same fucking song. <laughs> she just, their two words changed as it was recorded on a different date. Yeah. Well, they weren't fucking there. 
when they go, oh, they dubbed it over. It's all fucking dubbed over, you giant pile of wank socks. Shut the fuck up. But what I love about the outrage that comes out, and it's every year when you hear like fairy tale. Every year. And Shane said inexplicably when they said to him, which one do you prefer? And he said, I don't care. And they went, yeah, but which one? Do you hate it when they play the mixed one? And he went, I don't care. Yeah. And they said, yeah, but they played, they, they messed with your lyrics. And he's like, he wrote them both. And he just goes, I don't care. Like yeah. literally is always answered. I don't care. But like, I love the fact that out there you've got this. Yeah. Let's, let's call them the, the Gaminati. Uh, you got the Gaminati out there who like, this is their one time of the year where it's okay for them to shout that f-bomb <laughs> like even more now even now they've doubled down now they've gone now i've seen people say it's what shane would want it'll yeah. be against his memory he was literally wasn't fucking there yeah but you could i'm sure you can spot them in the pub it's like you know they're they're listing out for this this specific verse. They're like, oh, finally, I've been waiting all year yeah. for this. Like, yeah, I better oh. get to shout it. <laughs> yeah, don't bleep out my one word that I definitely like. Why don't do you want to say it? it? What like what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> so, oh, and I've seen other ones. This is another weird fact that you will also see about Shane McGowan. People who are weird in the head. Don't know why the guy died, and people were saying, oh, you know. Great, great bloke. One of the best Irish like folk type singers, uh, like punk folk singers ever. Yeah. People going, not really from Ireland though. I think you'll find he was born in England, which is true because his mum was was basically on holiday yeah. in Tunbridge Wells. That right. doesn't count. If your mum gives birth in Spain, you're not Spanish. That's not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> you're not. You didn't go, where was your mum at the time? Oh, she's in the Philippines. Oh my God, you're Filipino. But no, then do you know what? Yes, you are. So I agree with everything you're saying and the sensibilities behind it. However, I do love pointing out to people that Boris Johnson is actually American. That's true. That's fine. Um, and that Rishi Sunak wishes he was. Uh, yes. Uh, let's he go to, to... There's a comment in the chat from Mojo Sabian, one oh, of my Patreons. Um, what's up, Mojo? Um, hello, Mojo. Um... Uh He's saying Kissinger, Kissinger, Kissinger. Let's talk for a little, little minute about uh, Kissinger. So he passed away this week as well. Um, some would say a little bit less fanfare and uh, commemoration for him than colossal, Shane McGowan and Alistair Darling. Colossal fuckback. I don't believe in either way of you going to hell or heaven. But I mean, if there is, they yeah. were like, Kissinger's on his way in hell. And they were like, you can't be sure. We can be fucking sure. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Oh, I mean, my. Look, I, I, I'm going to hold my hands up and say I, I was not familiar with his legacy whatsoever before he died. I knew, I knew the name and I knew the name from various conversations about politics, but also weirdly from hip hop verses from back in the day. I'm sure I remember his name being referenced. Uh, but uh, on his can't. passing, I read up on his legacy, if you want to call it that. Uh, and I was absolutely floor-jawed. I was like, what the fuck? Like... How, how is this guy? There's currently a viral clip of Anthony Bourdain, mm. um, who the chef who died uh, a few years ago now, talking about Kissinger in on something. They, um, I think he said, if you ever met Kissinger in the flesh, he'd beat him to death with his bare hands. Yeah. So um, he, I mean, he carpet bombed Cambodia during the Vietnam War. Mm. And that's a 
weird thing to do. <laughs> but he kind of, what that kind of paved the way for people like the Camille Rouge, basically. Mm. Um, and the death of two thirds of the population of a country. It's because... just like what, what kind of mentality, what kind of moral black hole allows a person to command those sorts of orders and tell people to just effectively invade, just just invade countries, blow people to smithereens, to be warned numerous times on different different state like countries, like different occasions, to be warned that this is gonna like this is not just gonna murder hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, but this will like now now we talk about things in terms of radicalization, right? Like what kind of terror cells will this spawn in five or ten or fifteen years of people that hate Britain or hate America? But back then, I'm sure there would have been similar warnings. But to to still proceed with that sort of bombing campaign, not once, not twice, three times, to install dictators, to look the other way. I think somebody had a death toll of two million attributed to him. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how How was he... I mean, I don't know how much you know about this, John, but, like, maybe somebody in the chat can I mean, what update. I how is he not prosecuted up. for... Or... There's even more. We even lie about it as well. Um, there's a place... I'm going to Cambodia uh, mm. Christmas time. I'm going to go to from Thailand into Cambodia. And um, uh, there's a part of the French Riviera, um, Kampot, a place called Kep. There were literally uh, warship, uh, American warships firing onto the coastline of Cambodia for, for no fucking reason. Yeah. But, but when you see the like things there where you talk to people, the Camille Rouge didn't have a navy. So yeah. where did the holes come from? And it was literally American warships. Just opening up on a country with nothing. You know, not not that's not true. Uh, kind of a, a country that was not involved in any way. Nothing, as you say though, nothing gave them a warning. Not even being told, fucking hell, you're insane. Yeah. Things like when the amount of times that it came up must have come up. You know, Britain, do you want to get in on this? And they went, uh, no. <laughs> I think what it was, no. or, or like what I'm aware of from that period, is that it was such a uh, wholesale America-wide paranoia about communism, about this whole other way. That's literally what it was. Yeah, that that... if it exploded and and spread out from that area and Russia, what if it, united, yeah, what if it spreads out? Yeah, it was the idea was that from Vietnam it could spread to Australia, and then from Australia it would spread to the west. And the weirdest bit was that left alone and not being, if if America had not been involved, it's very hard to say whether it fizzled out or not. Because the one thing we do know about communism is it doesn't work. Yeah. Mathematically, it doesn't work. Yeah. Economically, it's just... And it just... probably would have fucked off but if they'd never done it. And yeah. become poster boys for the for this thing. Even the, particularly towards the end of the Vietnam War, uh, Americans were basically dragged by their feet. You know, you're joining the army. Oh, did it go fucking am? And they were like, "Yeah, you fucking are." Yeah. And and, and, and the ripple effects of that that draft are still being f like felt today. Like, imagine if you were like now. I guess you'd be in your late seventies, maybe early eighties. Um, if you were dragged off to a war that you and your whole family didn't agree with, you got your legs blown off. Your best friend was blown to pieces over a war that didn't really make it like it certainly wasn't a success from america's perspective 
they were there for what 10 years uh and yeah as you as you point out like the the communism element to it probably would have failed you could have just stood back let them fall to pieces and it would have been a peaceful like victory right like yeah literally started in in yeah you could have done it with money you you could you could literally could have done it with money it was no reason to do that and it was it's when you Vietnam is a country you can travel from one end to the other in a day. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, sorry, about a day and a half. I, I've got on the train in Ho Chi Minh, in the in the south to Hanoi in the north, and it, um, got an overnight train. Uh, sorry, about halfway. Yeah, about two days actually. Um, you can't do that to America. I mean, it's this is it's a small country with not a very large population, but mm-hmm. it does one thing that does show is that a people. You can't, you're not on the side of good if all the people in the country aren't on your side. It's their country. Mm. And they, how America got beat was just, they weren't used to those temperatures. They weren't used to it raining for four months. They, they got killed, beaten by a, you know, much smaller army. Who gave a fuck? Mm. Because the the American soldiers didn't want to be there. Mm. You know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. When when you're against people who are fighting, they're thinking, we can't let these fuckers win. This is everything. Well, it's sort of similar echoes of that now with Ukraine, isn't it? It's like, I think Putin thought he could just steamroll into Ukraine and take it in the same way that they did with uh, Crimea a few years before. And it was only at that point when all the Ukrainian guys were just like, well, no, like this is <laughs> this is our... We've done it, though. Land. We oh, did yeah, it for Afghanistan. Sure. We, yeah, we've yeah, yeah. been. We did it. I mean, Afghanistan's one of the great examples. Russia's gave it a go. I mean, Russia. Yeah. And uh, after a while, I went. You know what? Keep it. We didn't even want it anyway. <laughs> yeah. and, <laughs> and then we gave it a go. Uh, same yeah. thing. Like, how long have we been here? Yeah. How much? How much progress have we made? Do you love us? No, we fucking hate you. Yeah, we're gonna leave. Probably leave. Probably leave now. Mm. It's not really worth it. Well, it's a sort of um, it's a war of, or it becomes a war of hearts and minds, doesn't it? To some extent, like you better go heavy with the propaganda <laughs> if you're going to if you're going to steamroll into a country and attempt to take it over, take their sovereignty and implement your own government and way of living effectively. You have to get very quick buy in from people to show them the schools, the universities, the freedoms that they get under your way of life. But for a lot of people, that's that. They're not interested in that, or you haven't sold it to them in a way that it makes sense to them. Or... Even now, there's a whole, there's a whole. Um, this I find a most American thing ever. There's a whole tourism boom in Cambodia of mm. um, ex-American military people going over to apologise, and I mean, there's actually mm. trips every week, you know, organised. You kind of go over and go, go and see the fucking village they devastated, or napalm, or mm. dropped Agent Orange on, and go. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, like I find that so insipid that I can't even think of the word. So it's, it, it, I know what you mean because it's like there's there's a beauty to it, like a sort of recognition, um, a what's the word that I'm looking for, a reckoning, I guess, uh, where they understand the pain and trauma that they've uh, visited upon uh, uh, another people. <clears throat> However. Why does why does physics from Netherlands keep typing Ursula? Uh, Ursula, I don't know. Lady from the EU, maybe. We'll come back to that in oh, a second. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, 
but there's also so there's a beauty to it but there's also i suspect a horrible selfie instagram layer to it where it's like yeah. What's there up, is. guys? Yeah. I'm out here in Cambodia where my dad bombed like 300 people. I just want to say sorry because that's what we do. Hey, hey, like my name's Chad and I'm here to say sorry. What's up? Like, you know, it it's, like, exactly it's, it's ugly. It's that when it's that it's ugly. I, I had a great I talking to a US. Uh, there's lots of there's a couple of US bases in Suffolk still. And I remember talking to um a guy who was like off the base he's friends with a mate of mine and i was at my mate stag do and we were chatting and he was going oh you fucking english people you're all like you eat this like black puddings and you're <laughs> eating like fucking jelly deals what the fuck is wrong with you and you're getting like cups of tea and shit and i mean you're just fucking numb nuts and i went yeah, yeah. at least we don't think communism is contagious and he yeah. went and like and he was a big fucking guy and he went it was fucking good. And like yeah. fist bump me. <laughs> like, everybody went up oh! and I went. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't we didn't we didn't try and kill we didn't try and kill millions of people because we thought communism was fucking you can catch it. So fuck off. Yeah. I mean we Americans both thought overseas. they had weapons of mass destruction. Calm down. Americans overseas are a different breed, I feel like. Like Americans in America, I don't know if they're quite Except so worldly. I've got a real respect for New Yorkers. Yes, New, not, York's good. New Yorkers are like British people. Yeah. My mate Fu lives there and I, he's a member. He's like in a friend group and they're all the friend group and they're all talking about their favorite guns one day. And I was like, man, my mate Shane was talking, Sean, and he said, I just bought a new gun. I was like, How many guns have you got now? And he went, uh, Six. And I went, Are you going to hold all of them when like, a burglar comes? And he was doing this whole passionate speech. If a guy kicks in my door and he's going to rape my daughter and fucking murder my wife, then I've got a gun. And I was like, that's weird. Like, that's a thing to have in your head. Yeah. That's messed up. And I went, said to Fu, Fu is um, Iranian. And I said, Fu, what gun have you got? He lives in New York. And he went, I haven't got a fucking gun. And I went, oh, not just not into them. And he went, I don't want a fucking gun. And I went, Okay, and he went, and number two, this does not need a fucking gun. <laughs> I already can't <laughs> run with a backpack. I don't need a fucking gun. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you made a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Iranians in New York reminds me, stay still. Reminds me of that SNL sketch where uh, uh, you got like two sort of NRA, like checkered shirt, like white apple pie Americans going like, yeah, it's like, it's America. We get to have as many guns as we want and semi-automatics and uh, and all this shit. And then this guy walks in from like the left of the camera and he's got like a backpack on, <laughs> like a big beard, Middle Eastern appearance. And he's just like elated. He's like, yeah, I love America. I can have as many yeah. guns as I And both of them are immediately like, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, obviously, really uneasy about it. It's it's you a weird country, really... man. You know those jokes? I can do this. I feel safe doing this. It's fine. <clears throat> you know those jokes you can only do when somebody is your proper mate mm. and they're really on the edge. Like they're really on the edge jokes you can get away with. Go for My it. My friend Mike. He he's 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 mixed race. He's about six foot three six foot four right one summer he decided to shave his head completely but at the time he'd grown like a big beard like this like Damn proper it. okay yeah proper well about five six inches long 
like kind of thing beard and i said we were all meeting up for a drink and there was this bar that i really like right on the front and it was absolutely rammed and i said well i said we'd meet there because i hadn't been down there to check because i just thought oh we'll get a table outside it'd be great we i get there first and i realized the bar's packed so i changed the location i went on whatsapp and i was like don't go there go to this bar like 50 yards away well, i'll meet you there mm. So a bit surely everybody turns up and they've read their message and they all come over to here. And Mike comes up to me and he went, all right, mate. And I went, yeah, yeah, not bad. And he went, why are we going there? And I said, it's too busy, man. Have a look. And he looked and he went, yeah, so someone might, if a few people clear out, we can get a couple of tables, put them together. And I went, yeah, I mean, we could wait. And he went, yeah, you know, keep an eye on it. It's a pain in the ass, isn't it? And he said, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I know how to get five tables now. He went, Oh, how? I mean, you fuck over, fuck off over there and give an Allah Akbar. I reckon we'll have about <laughs> 19 tables. <laughs> and yeah. his wife looked at me and went, I told him not to shave his fucking head. <laughs> like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah. And did it work or did he not do it? <laughs> he didn't do it. Yeah, but I was going to say about five weeks, six weeks later, the Manchester bomb happened. Oh shit! And uh, we both had to go to a convention. We all had to go to a convention in Birmingham at the NEC. Yeah. And Mike was with me, and they were doing checks on the door of everyone's bags. It was totally fine, you know. Open your bag, and they moved all the security to the doors, and it was really heightened. Yeah. And then Mike got to the front of the queue. They checked his bag. We walked in, and he got a backpack on with all his gear in. And I went, "Can you do anything?" And he went, "Yeah." And I went, "Don't run anywhere today. <laughs> Just nowhere." Just yeah, take your time. <laughs> Smile at all the police. Just, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Slow, yeah. considered walking is what you should be doing all day. Let's uh, let's go to the Q and A uh, very quickly. I don't know if we've got any uh, uh, specific Q and As. We've got Richard saying, well, oh, "Are Kissinger and Murdoch related?" I don't yeah. think so. I don't think so either. I think they're just both evil scum. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Amer- uh, Ursula Bonder. Oh, oh, yes, that's right. We keep getting Ursula, don't we, in the chat? So yeah, I think there was uh, yeah. A comment earlier in the week about like look britain can join rejoin the eu is that what this is a reference to and it was up to Perfect. britain to decide if we wanted to to rejoin how do you feel about that i was watching who's our good political activist friend on um tiktok i can't think of his name it's gone out of my head femi Oh, yes. Bevy was interviewed this week and he said, and he's right. He was talking and they said, um, do you think we'll ever really join the EU? And he said, he said, we can all fuck about, but we are going to rejoin the EU at some point. Mm. It's just, you might as well just get used to the fact that's going to happen. And he's right. He is correct. That is, that will happen. Because it's madness to be that close to a trading block and have no control over anything that happens. We know now it's thick as shit. Mm yeah it's almost like fingers in your ears like who's going to say it first which is why i feel like if the tories did pull that one out of the bag that would be such a cut like labor would be fucked I, I guarantee you the poll lead would come down you might be looking at hung jury you might even be looking at a very very small tory lead if they showed some pragmatism and actual like common sense with the economy but then i don't know as i'm saying that immediately the other part of my brain kicks in and goes well france and germany aren't like booming <laughs> economically so would we does it make that much sense or is it like do i just want to rejoin yeah. for freedom of movement and geopolitical security i don't know yeah she said this week the united kingdom should rejoin the european union to fix brexit 
versus mm. uh, Ursula von der Leyen uh, after Labour pledged to forge closer ties with the bloc if elected. I think it's for the best if we did, uh, obviously. I, I don't think we ever I should have left, but... The Tories aren't going to add it to their manifesto, but Labour can add things like that. Um, and everybody gets the smell of that, don't they? You yeah, know? it's it's as reverse Brexit as they can be at the moment without the papers going in on them. I think that's what it is. You know, are we glitchy? I, I can. I somebody just said glitchy as fuck. Yeah, it's. I, I'm not sure what's going on with the, the stream tonight, uh, Mojo. It's very slightly slow. Um, but yeah, let's. Okay, so you think that we will? Uh, that it's inevitable. I think we will. I don't know. Uh, but it could be in four years. It might be in twenty. I don't know. Yeah. But it's never Brexit's never going to pay off. No. There was a bit where I can't remember who was being interviewed the other day, and oh no, it wasn't. It was an old interview with uh, Braverman. They said, "When's Brexit going to start paying off?" And she went, "Oh, it could take a number of years." And they went, "Like five years?" And she mm. went, "Maybe." And they went ten years, and she went, "Maybe." And it just reminded me of there's a The Office, the American version, Dwight is talking about how long oh how long away um the end of the world is because he's built himself a bunker and filled it with like canned goods yeah and jim says like one year and he goes uh could be like it's a real possibility he goes five years and he gets up to like 500 years and he's got i can see that as a real possibility and yeah. that's what reminded me of braverman just kind of going well, i don't know when it's going to pay off never is the answer well it's it's almost like the sort of the the other arse cheek to Brexit benefits are just around the corner. It's like, mm. stay with us, stick with us. It could pay off like any day now. But also on the flip side, it could take, you know, five years, 10 years, 25 years. It's, it's not even about it paying off, John. It's about character mm. and sovereignty and us being in charge of our own destiny. Don't you know? I like it that every time, you know, when because I can see it definitely happening, possibly before the next election where um, uh, he soon gets an idea in his head that he can fix Brexit and renegotiate the deal. It's a fucking stupid deal. You're going in to a car dealership with a 20-year-old Fiat Panda with three legs, mm. three legs, three wheels, and, and the bonnet's falling off, and you're going, no, it's a really good car. And you're expecting, you're going to do whatever they say. Every yeah. time they go, we're going to come back with a better deal. You're not. Every time you're holding no cards. Yeah. I'm not saying you're holding a bad hand and you can bluff it. I'm saying you're holding no cards. You don't even know what the fucking game is. And the people you're negotiating with own the copyright to the game and have showing you their cards. They're like outwards and they've got a flush. You can't win. It's pointless. Yeah, it's like it's a sort of like blitz spirit, uh, British exceptionalism fueled national ego trip isn't it in the sense that people like so historically it was people like david davis but it's also true of uh people like dominic Raab, ian duncan smith they all seem to think that everyone will be desperate to do business with britain because britain is just amazing and i'm like look yeah. we've got a good economy i'm sure that there are other countries that want to do business with us but this idea that this economy will have all of the cards versus this gigantic trade block is fantasy. Yeah, we, 
And that's How the part you done? can never get through to them. It's like, they are think, huge. Think, we are this. I, I think we've done 40 deals so far or something. And yeah. they're worth like less than 10% of yeah, what we yeah, lost. Yeah. Like, they're stupid. That There's a couple of them which have been nearly dangerous that haven't been signed. Biden not signing that US trade deal because he was showing himself as powerful was, was actually pretty, did us a favour. We nearly started importing meat from uh, the US, which is fucking nuts. That's insane. I mean, the mm. beat is basically garbage. And we did sign a deal with New Zealand where our own well, for, for lamb and our own um, farmers went, fuck are we doing? Yeah. What? You're going to ship all this fucking lamb from the other side of the fucking world? Buy off us. No, we don't want it. Well, the no? farmers farmers are just like the on-land version of the, the fishing industry, right? It's like you, here you have a domestic food production institution who really thought that by leaving the eu they would then gain command of their industry and they could set the rules and make a killing no exports they could just sell it all to us yeah 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 like they wouldn't be restricted uh they could sell it to europe still but they could also sell it to all this like myriad external trade deals uh never seemed to cross their mind or, or it wasn't communicated to them in a way that made sense to them that as soon as you leave the eu like I mean, you're still going to have to produce that that stuff according to the EU standards <laughs> or you're not going to be able to sell it there. So all the talk of like deregulation and then benefiting from that, but then like signing external trade deals at a lower Some cost, it, like you're not going to... I Sorry, you go. I mean, the farmers realised nearly instantly that it was bollocks. But some of the fishing deals, some of the, fr the, the, the European rules were so clever... And our own fisheries minister didn't read the deal because she says she was at her daughter's nativity place. So she didn't read it, which is brilliant. None of them read so it. So she did, but she didn't realise that live exports of um, uh, fuck me fish of any kind were banned. Mm. Right? She hadn't read that bit. And she didn't realise that oysters and mussels are alive. Mm. So and scallops. So. They'd all got picked up. Oh, I'm going to flog these to the French. They fucking love them. And then they went, no, you can't do it anymore because you can't transport live fish. And they went, oh, okay, uh, we'll, we'll freeze them, which will kill them instantly. And then we'll send them to the French. They went, wait, I really want dead seafood. Yeah. And I, you know, that's so clever. That's like kind of, you know, like when your older brother goes, well, yeah, let's definitely play a game. Go and get this, this, and this. And you go, I've got it, I've done it, here it is. And they go, oh, I don't want to play anymore. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's extra, like, I mean, the, the thing that rubs salt into the wound with it all is that a Brexit Britain that is desperate for trade deals will absolutely sell you out, whether you are a farmer or a fisherman, in order to get the Australian trade deal yeah. or the American trade deal or whatever and have chlorinated chicken or Australian cows or, like, whatever. Yeah. And the, the profit that you thought you were going to make, oh, I'm going to make a killing here. This is great. Yes, I'm pro-Brexit. Where, where do I sign? Which ballot box? All, all of that is out the window. You've been fucked. They're even... even even the French fishermen who got this really clever idea, which was, they were totally right, and no one was explaining it, they blockaded one mm. of the fishing ports. I can't wish it was. Was it the Isle of Man? Oh, I can't remember. They blockaded it for like... Uh, it was Jersey. This is a couple of years Jersey. ago, right? Yeah. 24 hours. They just put a string of boats. And they were like... And they were kind of like, they won't let... They won't let um, anyone out of the key, uh, anyone into the key. They, they're holding back, holding back, holding back. What are they up to? All they were doing was dropping the kilo price for the mm. fishermen because the longer your hold is in your hold, in, 
it, the less it's worth. The fresher it is, the more it's worth when you get it to the market. So there's mm. a run. As soon as you've got your nets up and you've got your hold full, you've gone it for the key. So you can sell it on the key. And it's like a stock market. Yeah. So you've got cod at three pound a kilo. And as they're being held outside, two quid, 150 a pound, 50p, you know, they would just go in. Yeah, you can have the fish, but I'm going to make it worthless. Cunts. Cunts. It was such why, a clever thing. Why, why can't they just buy into our Brexit dream, John? My friend summed up British people by accident during uh, when the Brexit thing happened. And I said, this fishing deal can't work. Like, it's so stupid. And he said, well, I don't see what the problem is. These are our fish and these are their fish. And yeah. I went, what? And he said, these are our fish. You know, did it. And I went, it doesn't work like that. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, like, you don't, you can't catch a bass in the middle of winter. Yeah. Why not? And I said, what do you mean? And he, and I said, you can't <laughs> catch a cod in July. Yeah. And he said, I don't get it. And I said, I was like, okay, let's go with two words. I went, Rick. And he went, yeah. I went, fish move. Yeah. And he was like, what for? I was like, I'm out. I give a fuck. Why am I explaining this? Yeah. Like, According to the sea temperature, they'll fuck off and they now fuck off to a place where we're not allowed to fish. There's so... something so funny about like, you know, thinking you're going to have a half intellectual conversation about like trade, global trade. And actually you end up with a somewhat simpler conversation, but still unable to explain it. It's like yeah. fish migrate ex- for the winter. <laughs> in my, I, I've explained the I live in the countryside and I thought everybody kind of understood the countryside, just rudimentary, rudimentary kind of understanding yeah, yeah. of it. Oh my God, they're fucking mad. I said, Oh, what are we going to do with the berries? And they went, Oh, what do you mean? And I said, Like blackberries, raspberries, uh, red currants, white currants. And they said, Well, we'll pick them. I said, But we've tried that. We don't want to. Yeah. But we got, we had a deal where we pay people fuck all and then they like, pick them all. And they went, We'll get a machine to do it. There isn't a machine that does it. And then they kind of, instead of me, instead of, instead of like already thinking they don't know anything, they went, Oh, Mr. Farmer. I'm like, What? Just, what the fuck? Yeah, it's not we don't pick like... them ourselves by hand because it's a laugh. You can't do it. It doesn't yeah. work. It's a stupid idea. But it's like it's not even – this is the, the thing that winds me up is when people go like, oh, I, sp- oh, I suppose you know everything about, what, agriculture <laughs> yeah. now. I suppose you're a fuck. No, I'm, I just – I read a paper and I know more than you. the economics of it and the socioeconomics of it that you can either have immigrants coming in and doing this for basically nothing and you get your cheap yeah. food or you can legislate a living wage and Brits will do it if you pay double or triple the amount. Yeah. But either way okay. – you need to make a decision. Do you like immigration yeah. or a living wage? A progressive policy or another progressive policy? Oh, I don't want to do either of them. Well, there you go then. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, it, and the other thing, I think it's an ADHD trait. You know when somebody says like, well, how do you pick strawberries? My brain goes, I am now going to research exactly how you pick a fucking strawberry. <laughs> like immediately. Yeah, yeah. I will go in depth for an hour and a half. Don't really test my resolve it. on researching things at 1am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, how the fuck the amount of times my friends have just been mid-conversation and go, why do you know that? Yeah. I checked. Like, just, I think it's just completely normal. Most people just go, I'd never need to know that. And I go, I'll never sleep unless I know that. So <laughs> I'm going to check. What uh, the fuck, man, John, that's, that's all we got time for, man. It's, it's been over an hour. We've been gassing away, man. Um, fuck, I couldn't work out when we started. I was like, I'm going to give uh, a big hearty shout out to uh, the Patreons. Uh, Simon Flack, Sarah Setters, Ned Berg, Jeff McGow, Alex Souter, Aaron Smith, T-Rex, Stuart Chesmer, 
uh, Pingu, Peter Del Monte, Mojo Sabian, who's joined us in the chat tonight, uh, Martin Maracas, David Voice, Christy, Kai Bowman, and Rachel Harris. Also, don't forget, guys, you need to go and check out globalbutterflies.com, uh, uh, raising awareness okay. of uh, trans and a... Oh, Christ, I've forgotten the rest of my blurb. <laughs> uh, trans and non-binary awareness. Christ, I, I'm really on form tonight, aren't I? Um, in the business community. So if you go to globalbutterflies.com, you can find a way for your business uh, to become a little bit more inclusive of trans and non-binary. Um I'll be back next Tuesday or Wednesday with a solo show. Once again, trying to make sense of the senseless. Um, before I let you guys go, I do have... So I've got Patreon. If you're in a position to sh uh, support the show and the punk politics stuff and the morning paper review things that I do, great. Uh, a sister thing to that is now the YouTube community thing. It's YouTube members. So if you go to join beneath the thing you can also like it's the same tiers it's like there's three tiers that you can jump on and you get various benefits you get episodes of the podcasts uh two days before everyone else you get a monthly skype call with me if you want one if that's of interest if that doesn't turn off potential joiners um anyway there's there, there is a load of stuff on there i can't speak now i've had three beers um so yeah go and check that out it's youtube members you, you can just click the uh, the join button beneath the video uh, or jump on patreon that's fine patreon.com forward slash aid thompson uh once again thank you to my guest tonight john left of the countryside go and give him a follow on tiktok uh until next time thank you very much keep it strictly hashtag bimfluencer and stay booge and i am out this motherfucker <laughs> bye bye